Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping Miss Marvel episodes one and two in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen those episodes, I would get out of here. And listen, I've been working on like a, a, a cosplay, like a Tommy cosplay, but I want to spice it up a little bit. I think I'm going to go like steampunk Tommy. I'm not sure yet, though. Uh, it's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, you better get ready and start working on that costume, Michael, because I have it all planned out. We're going to leave in 10 minutes. We're going to run outside, jump out our windows, jump onto bicycles. Those bicycles are going to be set on fire. Then we're going to go through a ring of fire because we're, our bicycles are already on fire. So why not? And go to the store, grab ice cream sandwiches, get back here just in time for the podcast. Dang. I mean, typically I just walk from one room to the other, but we could do that also. I mean, um, more danger, the better, right? Yeah, I got it all mapped on my chalkboard back here. <laughs> all right. And we have a wonderful guest with us here today uh, from the Two Sides of the Story podcast. It's Tom Sides. Tom, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, guys. It's uh, awesome to be back here with you guys. I'm ready to talk some Miss Marvel. Heck yeah, man. Um, and again, first two episodes here. We, uh, I, I really, Tommy, I haven't gotten a whole lot of your takes, Tom. Uh, same with you. Um, I, I'll throw it to you, Tom, though. Like, what have you thought? We, we've kicked off. Uh, you loving it or no? I'm not going to lie to you. So I have this weird love for 90s rom-coms, those teenage, like, 10 Things I Hate About You, She's All That. Uh, like, the list goes, uh, well, the, anything with Freddie Prince Jr., essentially. And I'm getting that kind of vibe from this show. It's like that meets Lizzie McGuire meets superheroes, and I'm here for it. it that, it's so much fun. Yeah, I, I get the Lizzie McGuire vibes heavy here. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of like these um, Disney Channel original, like not so much sitcoms, but like yeah, kind of high school dramas. And uh, and here's the thing: that was never my thing. That's I was more of a Cartoon Network kid, right? Like, yeah. so this isn't something that necessarily speaks to me. But I will say, I was very pleasantly was surprised with just how wholesome it is, and I think it works really well in that area. Um, I think there's some more complaints when, like, we consider that this is an actual Marvel TV show, and we'll get into that more. But um, Tommy, what did you think of um, the first two episodes here? Yeah, I think overall, I'm really enjoying the ride. It's very concise. It knows what it wants to do. The show is out there doing it. Um, do I think the stakes are pretty low right now? Yeah, but I think that's kind of the point. Like, it feels very much like what they were talking about when they made Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Like, let's focus on the high school in, you know, a superhero person in high school. We'll get to those bigger stuff. I think where I have problems is when I think of the Marvel bigger picture where it's like, we have Eternals where freaking Celestials are coming out of the ocean and, you know, Doctor Strange where there's multiple, you know, all that stuff going on. So that's where it's kind of hard when I think about it in the full universe. But if I'm just taking Miss Marvel, I think this is one of the, the best best shows out right now of Marvel. I, what I like about this right now is that it seems to me like this is every so often in the Marvel in the MCU, we're going to get a thing that's supposed to introduce a new section of fans. Now, this is something that, like, I don't have kids, but it was something I would love to watch with my daughter if I had one. Like, this is something I could show my niece and we can bond over, like, I love superheroes. You love superheroes. This one, this is what Marvel does best. And it's just trying to cater to everyone with one little thing at a time. And then eventually they're just going to put it all in the sauce together once we get something bigger down the road. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And um, I think this show explores a lot of different things as far as um, being in an immigrant family and being mm -hmm. Pakistani. 
Um, and we even get like what it's like going to a mosque as a woman, you know, it's like it's capturing so many different things that, that you know, person I don't relate to, but there's so many people that does. And, and like, I know for a fact, because I've seen it on Twitter where people who are not interested in the Marvel universe say, Oh, well, this show very much speaks to who I am. Therefore I'm going to check it out. And then it sucks them in. And then it opens them up to like, other types of movies and yeah. other types of cultures that they're not used to. So I think that's one of the coolest things that Marvel is doing right now. And I like, I, I have a lot of respect for that. It, it really is showing um, that it's a very inclusive uh, uh, cinematic universe. And that that's so cool to me. Well, yeah. And it's focusing on the stuff that Mar Marvel was built on, you know, like uh, Stanley always said about Spider-Man was like, it's not about the powers. It's about like, him dealing with high school problems while also this bigger thing is happening to him. And like, that's what I like about this show so far is like, it's dealing with things that we all can relate to. Like I can't relate to wearing a bracelet and having these powers shoot out of me. What I can relate to is like conflicts with my parents. I can relate to, relate to feeling like my siblings get special treatment, like all that stuff this show is hitting on, which I think is smart. Focus on the things that the audience can relate to. The amount of times I had to go one-on-one -on -one with a basketball star in the hallway of high schools, like, man, that is my bread and butter right here. It is hitting me where I live. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, there's so many high school tropes, and it's, it, it's all, it's, I mean, it's realistic, let's be real. Um, but uh, if you guys are down, we, we get a lot to talk about here, so I'm just going to throw us right into the episode. Um, and we open on um a very uh again tommy we talked about this this is probably this probably takes us back to like falcon and the winter soldier but miss marvel is a content creator um we we get we've been getting this in the marvel universe she's a youtuber she's making youtube videos they're stellar by the way and she has like three subscribers i mean i've never seen youtube videos this as good as what she made and nobody's watching yeah, I bet you um, Spider-Man uh, kickflip guy, the, the Spider-Man dual backflip, I bet you his videos get so many, uh, like, he does no work to it. She's doing so much work in these videos, and I, I was here for it. I loved, like, doing exposition in this way. You know, we see it later on. They use, like, the content style to give text messages, which I thought was brilliant. Um, I love the art style. I think first and foremost, and I love that we start with this. And the cool thing is how accurate she actually is with a lot of the stuff. Like, doesn't she end with one of her posts saying, and here's my theory on why I think Thor is a gamer, which is a beautiful callback to Endgame where he has his, uh, uh, what, what was it, Noob Master 69 that he has a feud with? Yeah. Like, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Like, these small little references that are just perfect for, uh, like, a Marvel fan because you're just like, you're hitting me where I live. This is like, I love these references. I love like her little fan theory that Ant-Man and Wasp are an item and they go off to Paris together on an ant. Like all of these little things. It's just, it's nice. Yeah. It's almost, uh, it's interesting because um, there's, there's so much in this episode, like probably more so than like WandaVision, Tommy. Like I remember WandaVision, we like dissected Easter eggs so much, but in this first episode, and if we had more time to talk about it, we can have a whole episode on like things that you see in the background between t-shirts and costumes and things in her videos. And even like, even like uh, there's shots of her videos and you can see like her previous videos that are references to other things. And uh, again, it's so cool. I will say that um, I feel like, um, I feel like, Scott Pilgrim really um, kicked off what it was like bringing the comic book style into movies. And then I feel like it was even more popularized with 
um, into the Spider-Verse and then Mitchells versus the Machines. And I feel like at this point, it's a whole genre. Like this is like a comic book TV show. And the fact that like you see the illustrations on the screen, you see it on the buildings when they're talking about something, like you said, the text messages. So the style that this show has, I love it so much. Uh, and it's, it seems to be like a very brand new thing that we're seeing a lot of, but uh, I'm all about it. Yeah, and it's cool. Sorry, Tommy. It's just what's cool about that is that it's a it's a reference to uh, the comic book itself because she was a content creator there. She would write her own fan fiction comic books about the heroes that are already going on. So it's so like yeah, we're seeing it uh, on a YouTube video, but like the fact that it's comic book related and then she used to do comic book related in the books itself. It's just unbelievable. Like it's just it's a great nod to what it was. Yeah, and this is why I think Miss Marvel always works. And like any media I've seen, like. You know, the game, the comic book, uh, and this. She's endearing because she's a fan, and we're fans. So, like, you're obviously going to be, like, sucked into, like... And what's fun, too, is, like, on the meta level, the actress is a huge Marvel fan. Like, she's coming, you know, she talked about all this stuff. Uh, there was a funny article where Kevin Feige, I guess, yelled at her because she was watching WandaVision on her phone during shooting or whatever. And he was like, he's like, you got to watch it on the TV. You can't watch it on your phones. Uh I just think you should be happy taking it in wherever you can. Like, just be a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but of course, Feige. You know, Feige's yeah. like, you got to watch it pristine up on the TV. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this was a great call. And like you said, comic books, there's also, like, her company, Sloth Productions, was like a reference to, like, she's obsessed with sloths in the comics. So, like, tons of Easter eggs in this show uh, mm -hmm. already. I want to – I do – there's one that I really want to nail down on. It, there was a little nod to – um, Scott Lane's podcast, Big Me, Little Me. Yeah, uh, what's this all about? I, I want to download that right now. I, I think that's how she knows all the events of it, Endgame, right? It's someone went out, someone had to go out and talk about it. Like the fact that she also knows about Goose, because if you see in her artwork, she draws a cat in the background of uh, Captain Marvel. How does she know about Goose? It's a flurkin. Like we haven't seen him since the '90s, apparently. Like what's going on here? Like it, some like. Either someone's got to shut up Scott Lang because, like, dude, you're speaking way out of school and probably giving out identities. Like, what's going on? The fact that they even know Carol Danvers' names is blowing my mind because it's when, where, how? Like, how is this a thing? Like, I know that she's not wearing a mask or nothing, but it's the – like, she hadn't been on Earth for X amount of years. How do people still remember? It's the one thing I need to, like – stop myself because marvel keeps doing that they did that in wandavision 2 where it's like monica knew everything about the fight in infinity war it's like or an end game and it's like you shouldn't know this so like i do like if it's scott telling everyone then like that at least makes it okay with miss marvel but like yeah marvel get your facts story like, people shouldn't know some of this information well like but here's why they should though because think about any disaster that happens in real world cnn any fox news every News outlet, it is on it. So if you think that some dude with a camera wasn't there for the big endgame fight, like that had to have happened. Sure. It's just like the specific details sometimes they have. It's like, all yeah. right, CNN's really doing their job if they're getting the inside scoop yeah. on some of this stuff. Well, what what's even weirder to me is like we see later at Avengers Con, there's somebody like dressed up as Drax. And like is Drax like a well-known hero in, in this world? Like he, he's like an intergalactic like hero. Like, I don't know. It was just like well, uh we have seen like you know in Spider-Man they showed the documentaries on the airplane. So like maybe there is like a doc that like they got inside scoops. It's the only thing maybe like with these podcasts, with these docs, this is where that inside the, the Easter egg information you get from uh, the Marvel world. And you know how much like fans love to do podcasts and stuff. So someone's probably seeing an image somewhere along the lines and just doing like 
there's someone's got a ball of yarn that's connecting all these different photographs to everything just going all right so i think this character's name's drax he's also known as the destroyer and we got like he's part of the guardians of the galaxy and you're just like okay buddy relax but he's right so basically michael Oz, like there's people like <laughs> us in the mc universe exactly it's just us <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk about, um, there's a couple things going on here. She's leaving for school. Uh, well, she has a driver's test, first of all. Fails that. Um, horrible driver. I love this trope. This is like, it's hitting every teenage movie trope that there is. The teenager that can't drive. We saw in like Ghostbusters Afterlife that ends up, driving is going to be a big thing for this character. You see it in like the Karate Kid and all these fun things. It's just, well, I'll just never get my license. It's the one, like... It, all, this whole series is going to be one wonderful coming-of-age tale of every high school uh, stereotype there is. Yeah. But why Why were her parents even driving? They if, that, if they taught her and we were, like, cool with the way she was driving, I'm scared to get in any car with any of them. <laughs> I, I mean, Tommy, you never did the old accidental reversal. It didn't feel like an accident, though. It felt like she did it on purpose. I Yeah. It's like, you know what? You know what? I think that was her rebelling against her parents. You know what? You want me to get my license so I can do this thing. Best thing I can do is just screw the whole thing up and then just, I'm not going to do what you need me to do now. I think you're right. something. It was like, all she was going to do is just errands for her mom. I think she yeah. failed it on purpose. Yeah. And if you're going to fail something, do it gloriously. Yeah. I will admit, I, I did uh, I did fill my test the first time when I got my driver's license, and it was this, it was not to this extreme, but I did I revved the engine because I forgot to put it in drive, and instantly the guy was like like it was like he let me go through the whole thing, but he was like I could tell it was over the minute I revved my <laughs> engine, it was done. That's too bad. That's too bad. Um, okay, well, I, so here's where she goes to school, and she's uh, she meet, we see some of her friends here. Um, uh, Bruno, what do we think about Bruno? I feel for this guy because he's so smitten. <laughs> he's so in love with her. And you, like, you get it right away where he's just like, like he's the friend that will literally do anything for her. And he's because he's so in love. Yeah. It's and they don't so have bad. to show it. I like that they're not showing it. They're not, or they're not telling us. Sorry. They're not saying, hey, like with the other friend being like, hey, I know you're in love with her. Like, no one's, it's not that, odd, but like, you mm. can tell just from the acting, which I thought was yeah. really well done. Yeah. Like, uh, like, we're not there yet, but, like, you see it more in episode two than you do in episode one. But, like, this guy's going above and beyond to, like, feed her Marvel addiction. So, fantastic. Uh, here, here's my hot take. And this is, like, the type This is like the type of theory, Tommy, that I have. And there's, like, no way it's ever going to be true. But um, I kind of get, like, villain vibes from Bruno here. Um, not he's got He's got, like, the tech to build his own stuff, right? And he's also, like, a little bit jaded now, especially, like, throughout the episodes where he's getting, like, pushed off by Kamala. Uh, I feel like uh, this could become a problem. So are you telling me that Bruno's the mosque shoe thief? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest villain <laughs> of them all? <laughs> I mean, look, he's, he's not happy, and he, he... I don't know, whenever I, like... Maybe this like maybe this goes back to like homecoming, like the guys that can like build the tech. They're never good, right? Well, well Ned, Ned's like Ned. a man in the chair. Well, he's not building like That's weapons. True. Fair. I mean, <laughs> this guy gives me more guy in the chair vibes than he does evil villain. Okay, but um, I would like to see the evil villain because we have the net. Like we already have net, so I wouldn't mind seeing like yeah. he. 
But like, yeah, I mean, he's overdoing it. He's even making inventions for the dad. Like, you don't like you're really showing off when you're making stuff for the family. Also, how good is the public school system in Jersey where this guy can just fandangle anything with an app? Brilliant stuff. Like Peter Parker originally was just in public school. Eh? All this f- fun stuff, like with him going to like the private schools. That's that's just like helping us out along the way. But this guy was a public school educated kid that can just dumpster dive and create anything with a gizmo. Like he's this is where it started and where we're going. Like everyone seems to be brilliant in the MCU. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so another scene here that I wanted to touch on, which was I, I kind of alluded to it in my intro, but I, I really like this moment where they're uh, well, first she goes to the store with Bruno and they're kind of working on her suit, but then they drive, they're riding back on their bikes and they're discussing like, well, like what's the flair that I'm going to add to my suit. And uh, there was a lot of different things thrown out, like the steampunk Captain Marvel, uh, the zombie Marvel, um, Doctor Strange was Mar- uh, Captain Marvel. And uh, I don't know. I thought that, I thought that was really cool. You don't even see that like in real life too much. Like uh, maybe like I don't know. I, we need more twists on the cosplay. I like I liked her thinking. Yeah, I like that, and I liked the way they showed the art. Like like in the background, the graffiti showed up what they were talking about. So smart, a, a way to spice up a scene that otherwise was kind of boring. Uh, and, and I really like those choices for the show. And like just to have the visual of like how she sees it, her imagination, right? It's it's so much like this is what gave me that Lizzie McGuire vibe of just like her her inner monologue is being shown up here. It's it's fantastic. It it it, it makes it it makes it that much more fun for me. No, totally agree. Um, uh, so the next thing we get here, um, this is where um, Kamala is given a box of, what is this? She gets like artifacts or whatever from her grandmother. But this is where she gets, what is it? A uh, bracelet? Bangle? Bangle, is that what it's called? I think it's called a bangle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not so, a jeweler or anything, but that's what I'm pretty sure it's called. Yeah, but mom doesn't like this. Mom takes it away. So she's in on the, all this, right? She showed her hand way. The minute if my mom is like, <laughs> "Oh, you don't want this," and like, close, "Go take it," I'm I'm looking in that box again. Like you told me, I'm not going to go look at that thing again. Well, see, here's the thing with that is the it was she knows where it came from, and if you like, again, I'm jumping ahead here, but if you go into episode two, there's this disdain with the great grandmother. If she knows where it's coming from, the great grandmother, she might not know exactly what it is. But she knows where it comes from, and then anything associated with the great grandmother is complete embarrassment. So she just goes, "No, I don't want you to associate with this person at all. We're gonna just take take this away. Uh, no great grandmother for you." Sure, a hundred percent. If I'm a kid, I'm not listening. The, 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 the minute my mom tells me not to do something, I'm doing that thing. Yeah. Like if she's smart, she would have tried to use reverse psychology and be like, "Oh, this thing." It's just an old, like, you don't want this. Like, like, like a more play and, on her emotions. Like, also on that subject, too, is if she does know that, like, this would give powers or whatever it does do, um, it, it, it kind of explains why she's such a dream killer when it comes to all the superhero stuff. I think she knows. I don't know if how much you guys are in on how much she knows. I think she knows all of it. I think she knows that the grandmother had this ability. Or what ability it is. Like, yeah. Like there's a few, there's a few like mentions of Jin early on from the stepbrother. Oh, sorry, from the brother, right? Are you still afraid of the Jin and all that stuff? 
I'm thinking that the bangle actually just amplifies powers that were already there, and then she might be a part of the gen. Like, I know that there's other stories from the comic book that may come into play, but you know how the MC works. They they take the what they originally do and then they'll move it into another another realm. So I'm either thinking that she's a jinn or she's actually part Cree. That's why she can't read what the bangle says. Yeah, and that's I mean, we even get that comment from Bruno later on. He says, Well, the power is coming from inside you. Like this is yeah. this is you doing this, which is very interesting. And I, I think there's a lot to be unpacked there. Which lines up, I mean, the Terrigen in humans is very much in, in uh, Miss Marvel lore. Like that's so I I was intrigued to see how they're gonna adapt and, and do all that stuff with this. So I think that's what's cool is it's still kind of a mystery and we're figuring it out with her, you know, even in episode two, we really don't understand it fully. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys ever caught this, but uh, periodically, I've noticed in the first two episodes, there's a QR code on like the high school poster or something. If you hit the QR code, it's a direct link to Cap uh, to Miss Marvel comic books. I love that they're doing that. That's what they did in Moon Knight as well. And um, I think, and and this is the thing. And Tommy, maybe we can talk about this as we cover the show a little bit. But from what I've heard, I haven't read the Miss Marvel comic, but I've seen people's take on it. This seems like shot for shot this like more so than any show that we've gotten this seems like uh the miss marvel comic like there doesn't seem to be much uh uh deterioration aside from the actual powers yeah and i think that's what's great about it and it's kind of upsetting that like i've heard and we can talk about this more later and it just uh, it tries to hear it's like it's not getting a lot of ratings it's not getting a lot of uh, views which it's just very unfortunate because i do think this is a well-done show you know we're spending time watching some of those other, Mar you know, I won't dox them, but there's some other Marvel shows. And if you listen to this podcast, you know which ones we're talking about. But uh... <laughs> Well, this is why uh, we need shows like yours, guys. This is like, you. what I like about your show the most is that there's not a lot of negativity spread on the shows. I mean, sure, Michael had his takes on uh, Moon Knight, but, um, but like, for the most part, you guys seem to be like more of a Marvel uplifting and be like, no, this is why you should watch this, except for Moon Knight. Yeah, and me on Star Wars. Get me on Star Wars and I'll talk. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, um, I would much rather have Moon Knight than not. And that goes for any of these shows. I, I mean, I, I host a podcast on it because I love it. But at the same time, I'm not going to go easy on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we critique because we love. Like, we want to yeah. see the yeah. best uh, thing possible. Just like the guidance counselor, Mr. Wilson. I wanted to hear what do you guys think of Mr. Wilson in the first two. That guy might be my favorite character in the show. He's I so wonderfully silly and ignorant. I him has been he's my favorite character he does not get enough screen time and i think he is the worst uh counselor in high school history because he does nothing helpful and he's just so ridiculous i actually i, I will admit I, I had him in my notes but i, I actually i actually just skipped over him I, I like him a lot i think he's really good i just didn't have anything to say so i'm glad yeah. that you guys uh have some comments i think he's fun i i do think like this is the new modern trope of guidance counselors like you have the other one where it's like i feel like now it's the spiritual guidance counselor like that's the new new uh and, and i like here I, I thought they did some cool stuff uh with it like cinematography wise as much as they could in like a, a sit down scene but uh yeah, I mean, I, I want to see more from him, but it is like he, he feels like that, like that teacher that's like, I'm your friend, but I still have an agenda. I need to get it across to you. So let's let's make this happen. It's like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. Like, I'm a cool mom. I'm a cool counselor. You can relate relate to me, kids, with the Star Wars and the and the what have you's. 
Yeah, no, Mr. Wilson's great. Um, but next here we get um, we get uh, Miss Marvel here. She wants to go to Avengers Con, and she's pitching to her parents about going, and they're not having it. They don't they don't like the idea. So this is the worst thing about certain TV shows. I hate a dream killer. Like it is one of the greatest things in the world to have an imagination, to have some kind of creative outlet, and then to just be like, no. It, you see it in every Robin Williams movie where someone just gets mad at him for being like hilarious. Like, where do you get off? Like, he's bringing joy to people. This is the thing that makes your daughter happy. You're going to tell her she's ridiculous and a dreamer and silly. What's going on here? What kind of parents are that? I, I will say what I do like here is if the mother is fully aware of her situation, she is probably uncomfortable with the fact of her embracing people with powers. That is a good defense. I will give you that. And like we were talking about it before, it's just if she has the knowledge, you're going to do everything you can to deter, uh, to steer them away. Like making an incredible Hulk costume that you could match with your father so you can go to Avengers Con. That was a beautiful scene for me. I was dying. Oh, yeah, that scene. But it, yeah, I think what Michael's saying, it's like um, for me, it, it very much is like, yeah, the parents were wrong, except for I think we have this extra detail that she's acting out of fear. I think whatever she's trying to avoid whatever happened with with her great is I think it's her grandmother, but her great the yeah. Kamala's great grandmother. But it uh, is clearly like it's one of those is a classic story of trying to stop someone from going to their destiny because you're not because you don't think they can do it, but you're just afraid and you want to keep them as close as possible and keep them tight in this in this tight knit family and and focus on your duties that's what you need to do but it's it the does burden of knowledge right like you know what could go wrong in this scenario so yeah but yeah i, I you know you saw this coming and i think what i do like and we'll get into it with the scene you're talking about the parents are fully dimensional of like there were points and maybe this because i'm like older now that i like i agree with kamal but then there's other times I'm like but i do see the parents point of view <laughs> I think that comes with age where we all go like, you know what? Maybe my mom and dad were right about this thing. And you're like, oh, shit, I see their point now completely. But I do also see the point of you're just pushing her to do it the way she's going to do it now anyway. Like, like if you were just cool about it, then you could have she wouldn't have to sneak out. She wouldn't have to do all of this like adventure stuff that you would, which is way worse. You don't know where your daughter is. You don't know what's going on. Your worst case scenarios like goes up in percentage astronomically. Uh, Tom Sides, can you be my dad? I mean, sure. Uh, we, we drop some, you want to move? You seem to like camp? a cool dad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she she is she is told no. Um, and yeah, we get a couple of things. We get her like texting with. We talked about it a little bit. Texting with Bruno, and we see like the text in the street and like the neon signs, which that was all really cool. Um, and then what, you mentioned the the dad in the whole costume. I think I, I don't know so much because they they finally give in, right? They finally give in to like, okay, you can go with the company of your father. Yeah, yeah. This Which, is such a touching scene. Okay, so like the brother first of all puts himself on the the brother comes in and is like, I'll I'll help you because like that was a ball move. You're trying here, and like I see where you're coming from. Let me see if I can talk to him in a way that will convince him. He does, and it's like in the parents' point of view, they're like, okay, we're letting her go, but there are going to be rules to it. But there is the other side of like, see that this isn't like Kamal's not even wearing a super sexual costume. Like they were afraid she was going to be super sexualized. It's like the costume's fine. It's not yeah. like bad at all. And it's like I feel like there's just a miscommunication from both sides. Like 
Kamala completely handled talking to her dad. Like when her, she's like, I don't want to be seen with my dad. I'm like, oh, that's look at him. He literally he he's has to go to work probably. This isn't even the same day as the Comic Con. He's now dressed in green, probably for the rest of the day, has to go to whatever job he had and <laughs> has to explain that he did this just to convince his daughter to go to the the Comic Con. He looks better than She-Hulk. I mean, come on. I would have been so cool if you like if she would like got to wear her costume, just like, look, mom, see how non-scandalous this is. And then have Hulk Dad come with me. I would have been all right with that. Like just like as I am now, I'll be like, I would have loved it if my dad hulked out and just joined me on this thing that I'm like I'm I love doing. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, so next year, that this is where um, they're they're going to come up with a plan to go. Um, they, they they have a whole uh, rigmarole to go through here. But again, more like cool animations to to accompany. Just, uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, and just showcasing her personality is very, like, is, you know, we, you, Tom, you talked about the, the dreamness of her. She does have this creative, she's like, this is how it's going to go. And you're like, that's definitely not going to happen. It's not, <laughs> this is not how this is going to work. This was very Jay and Silent Bob for me. I'm not sure if you guys saw Mallrats, but, like, if they were showing me blueprints of how they're going to escape, it was, like, right then and there, that's Jalen Silent Bob destroying the, the stage in Mallrats. That's what it was for me. I loved it. Yeah, no, perfect, perfect there. Um, and again, like like we said, there is um, uh, it doesn't go according to plan fully. I mean, a couple things go wrong. She leaves her bike. She, she her bike. She it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. So I hope she finds it, but it it's gone. <laughs> She'll find like just the handlebars or something like that. Bike is toast. She yeah. come back. The wheels are gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. It's like everything didn't go like they're so late you know later on they're even more late getting home it's just like nothing she said and, and that's life i feel like as a kid i did that all the time where i'm like this is gonna go exactly as planned i'll get back home it'll be fine no one has to know and everything goes wrong i like how jumping on a bus while it was moving was part of the plan it was like no it's gonna work i will what say are you, bus- Jones? <laughs> yeah. that bus driver also a jerk you could have yeah. just opened up those doors again. Like they're already on the bus. Yeah. Like, why can't you let like let her bring on her bike, man? Why are you doing this? Bus drivers are never as mean in person as they are in movies and TV. Like they're always so like, like you, like you're like right there. The door closes in your face, and they drive off. Like no, the bus driver would like take ten seconds to let you on. Most people are decent. <laughs> yes. <If> it wasn't. <laughs> if it wasn't for film and like movie tropes, like a hundred percent, the world's full of decks, but. No, in real life, everyone's kind of decent. We're all well, it's easy for you to say. You're in Canada. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the truth there, buddy? <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, so they go to Avengers Con. Again, like, just Easter eggs galore. We get so much here. Um, well, just, even the location, Michael. The location. What's the lo- Enlighten me. It's Camp, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce Camp Lehigh. It's the place where Captain America became Captain America. Oh. It's the original... Uh, yeah, that, 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 yeah, I, I read about that afterwards. That was like a nice touch. Yeah. And like, but see, that's the other thing too is why do people know that? Is there like a Captain America biography that's out there? Like, I feel like someone would have written one. That makes sense to me. Like, Steve Rogers was a real person. But I, yeah, feel I like think so. Would... I think there's a museum in, uh, in Winter Soldier. So, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of like, history. So, there has, that story has to be told. But I do feel like, the how and why he became Captain America is some government stuff that they would like to keep secret. Like having a superhero serum was something that 
you know, maybe we shouldn't talk about. It's one of those Area 51 things. I will say, um, if anyone has gone to Avengers Campus uh, in Disneyland or Disney World, um, it, it this this was a lot cooler than that. I would say, um, as far as like the merch they were selling was way cooler. Like that was the thing when I went to Avengers Campus. It was like, um, especially compared to Galaxy's Edge, it was like it was a bunch of Spider-Man stuff, and there wasn't like like. You couldn't go buy Molnir or you couldn't go buy an Ant-Man helmet, but they had all that stuff on sale here. It was like, this was way cooler. Than, what I think uh, this all was, too, is like a bunch of fans getting together. So I think you're seeing a lot of people that do this stuff on Etsy. Like, this is like our passion project is like, I saw Ant-Man. I'm doing my best to make an Ant-Man helmet. I've made 20 of them, hoping to sell them, I'm hoping to sell my wares at this convention. Like, I think that's what like Avengers Con is. It's not. Like you're not getting like a a venture to come and show up and say a few words. What it is is just the who's who of who loves these people are coming together to create a fan filled experience. And I actually think a lot of the extras, I believe I read, were TikTokers and co and uh, cosplayers that they got from like the communities and were like, "Hey, come out and shoot this with us for," it, which I think is awesome. Uh, Tommy, we're right there, man. We're right we're, there. We, we almost are asked. Well, I mean, we've talked about we need gifts from Disney, and now we need to be invited on set to be extras. Yeah, that's the next move. I do think missed <laughs> opportunity. Sell Star Wars one day and get hashtag Star Wars, and they're just going to see all your stuff, and boom, you guys are going to take off. You're not going to be at the red carpet for Avengers Seven, and we're all going to know about it. Oh, we're going to be the we're going to be ho the hosts of the red carpet. Oh, there you go. Now we're shooting for goals. We'll be in the. We'll be like an extra. Then they'll be like, "Who are these?" Only it's like if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. We'll be like a YouTube stream. They show it. It's me and Mike. Like, Why are these jabrones on your my Avengers Seven movie? Um, I was gonna say Miss Opportunity by Disney though. Why did you not? I, again, probably because of COVID and all this other stuff that's in the world in our real world right now. Avengers Con. How are you not doing this promo for this show? How are you not throwing an Avengers Con? It's the same feeling I felt about, and I, they might have done this, but they should still do it. Is Iron Man two? Why were we not having Iron Man, like a uh, Tony Stark, a uh, Stark Expo, expos? You know, like why were we not doing these giant like festivals based on the show, based on what we're we're promoting? You know, missed opportunity. Uh, honestly, I think you're standing on a million dollar idea, and I maybe someone in Disney's are like, we don't need to make all of the money. We make we make <laughs> enough. Like, where's the line? But Honestly, if you build it, they will come. Like, look at Star Wars. Uh, uh, what was it? The Star Wars festival that just happened uh, not too long ago. It, it's Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, yeah. That's just like, it's just a way to unite fans. And I'm guarantee you, if you ever did an Avengers Con, if you build it, they will come and they will come in full regalia. Yeah, like there's Comic Cons, but like, um, it's it's different when it feels like it's it's uh, put on by the actual property, right? Like it feels different. Yeah, true. hundred percent. Like I'm not sure if you guys saw Jane Sound Bob reboot, but a part of that was to make it uh for like the Blunt Man and Chronic stuff. So all it was is like Kevin Smith put out there. It's like if you want to be in the movie, just show up here and dress up like either Jane Sound Bob or Blunt Man and Chronic, and you're in the movie as an extra. Just come on over. And just do this, and it was like its own little celebration within the movie, which they put in the movie. It was beautiful. 
I wasn't prepared for all the Jay and Silent Bob references here. Sorry, this is my brother. That's my second other fandom. <laughs> I'm doing another one where I just talk about Jay and Silent Bob references all the time. Perfect. If you were going to Avengers Con, what would be your, your cosplay costume that would win you the contest? Um, I'm going as present day Thor with like Ooh. like fat Thor. I feel like I can pull that off, and it's the only time where I'm going to get away with a Thor costume. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good one. I can send you guys a picture of like when I did the Incredible Hulk at a, a superhero theme night, and I did all green, and it took forever to get off. So I'm I had the like I've had that feeling of sadness for a father because that's just got to come off, and it is a long time in the shower. Yeah, I don't, I think I'd like to do like um like rocket. Ooh, That'd be good. That's outside yeah. the box, man. That is yeah. a good choice. Yeah, I, I like rocket a lot. I think I, I think I have the personality for it. It'd be hard to you know I'd have to wear like a fur suit and a tail. I have to be fact, a furry basically. Fun fact: I I went as Rocket Raccoon once. The cosplay very quickly. I had ten minutes to get ready. Because I was at a summer camp and we were taking kids to see Guardians for the first the, the first time, you know, it was the first movie. And uh, me and my friend, my friend went and grabbed a bunch of sticks in the yard and duct taped them to his body to be Groot. And then I took this like it was just like a mask that had it was like a like a Robin mask, but it had fur on it. And I wore that, and then I duct taped a tail to me, and then wrote a sh- or then I had a Nerf gun, and that was our costumes. Nice. We were. We were the best dressed at this random uh, theater in New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> That's amazing. My my actual costume at Avenger Con would probably be like a, it would be Korg, but it video game Korg with like the Hawaiian shirt and the oh, fun yeah. like laid back vibes. And then I'd go with Tom's costume. It'd be a good like. Uh, yeah, yeah, nice little couple costume. Yeah, yeah. Tag team champions of the MCU, right there. Exactly. I'd like to say I'm meek in this situation, but like I don't want to dress up as meek. You could be as noob. You could be a uh, noob. Uh, the, the enemy. Enemy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, let's let's move on here. Um, there is a costume contest, and Kamala's costume acts up. Uh, she her little uh, what do you call it? Bangle acts up, and her powers uh, unleash. She like destroys the Ant Man. She smashes down the giant Molnir, and uh, hits her bully. Yeah, I feel like they were friends before. Like they have like there was like a time where they were probably like. Small children where they just were inseparable, and then high school happens, and you want to be someone, and then you just cut ties with people. I feel like that's going to be part of a backstory somewhere. Yeah, I think they mentioned that a little bit. It's like, oh, we used to be friends. Like, it seems like she got popular from YouTube, but she also doesn't seem that mean to come out. Like, she was like, hey, nice jacket. Like, she was being friendly, at least privately. You know, in public, I think she's a little different. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, this whole scene, well, first off, so is costume. Great reference to an early Captain Marvel costume, as much as you know, Bruno will say it's not, you know, it's not accurate. It is to us in the comic yeah. book world, but uh, no one seemed to care that this giant Ant Man head was running around in the background. Like everyone was <laughs> yeah. still like cheering and hanging out while this giant head is just destroying everything. To be fair, they all just saw someone with powers. Like I think that like that's going to draw some attention more than like. Should anyone just stop this head real quick? Oh, wait, she has powers. All right, let's watch this. I guess so. It's like, oh, focus on this. It's like the giant Ant-Man head destroying everything in the background. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I I thought that was comical. But you know, also, like 
good on Zoda. Like, if I got hit by by this giant Thor hammer, I'm done. I'm toast. I'm not holding on to this thing. I'm just like getting whacked. What do you think that was made out of? Just like, because obviously it's fan made. Like, like what do you think there's like a pure papier mâché or? Uh... <laughs> I think one large PVP down the middle. Yeah, and then, and then foam for the rest of it. Just pure foam. foam. I don't know. I was gonna say like styrofoam, but like the way it knocks her, like. It like, picked I her like, up off her feet. Maybe PvP like structure, like a skeleton of PvP. Yeah. PvP, like you know. I feel like PvP. it was just like industrial size and nerf. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he what saves her, or she saves her. Yeah. She saves her with her powers. Which and is- I gotta say, I, this okay. This first complaint all episode. The powers don't look great, in my opinion. At least, at least here in the convention. I was like, this does not, this isn't it for me. What are you hoping for? uh, I just don't think the effects of like the light powers worked for me. And and again, I think they look better in episode two, but here, especially when like there was like a huge like platform over their heads, I was like, it didn't, I don't know. It just didn't look realistic, which is hard. I mean, of course it's not, but. I agree with you. Episode two looks a lot better. I, I was with you on episode one. I was like, it's not. But I will say it's better than I expected. When I heard that they weren't doing the powers the way I know the powers from the comics, you know, me being me, I'm always like, oh, but the comics, the comics are the greatest ever. We should not change anything from the comics. And so it was at least I was like, okay, I can live with this. I, you know, I was glad they showed the long hand right away. Like they know people want that. So they're like, okay, we're going to show that even if it's not the way that people know it from the comics. That's fine. I get the reasons for not so showing the stretching powers because, you know, maybe there's going to be another person with stretching powers that comes to our universe very quickly. So I totally get differentiating the two. But, uh, yeah, I think it was fine. It did, like, this and the Ant-Man were the only two things, the Ant-Man head rolling, no one caring, were the two things where I was like, all right, I, I had to suspend my disbelief a little bit on this kind of stuff. Here's a little fan theory to make you guys enjoy it a little bit more. It was the first time she did it, and it wasn't controlled. So even then, like, full power isn't there. It's not there. So now when she comes and does it later, that's why we're seeing it full force. It's full effort. It's intentional. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just, like, because it's half-assed, you're going to get a half-assed version of it. That's a good point. She was just shooting this thing out into the ether. she She didn't even know what she was doing. She was like, no, and then makes a diving catch. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so um, I guess she, she rushes back home at this point and uh, she crawls in the window. Mom catches her. Oh no. I thought it was going to be the dad. So I was shocked when it's the mom sitting in the chair and I'm like, oh, it had to be the mom. I know, I know. But she said the mom, the dad's going to check on her. So I was like, oh, it's going to be the dad like being there and she's going to be like, it's cool. We're, we'll, we'll just, it'll be our secret. And when it was the mom, I was like, oh, this is worse. This is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she was chill. Just kind of about it for the, for the most part, yeah. Like, this mom goes back and forth for me as like the show goes on more. Like, I go, Is she a dream killer or is she just like, like, she turns out to be like a fun mom later on and like she's like lenient on stuff? And like, I think she wants to encourage her daughter to be that teenage daughter and then get away from that super superhero stuff. So, like, when she gets like, we're again moving into episode two where she goes, I want to go to this party. She's like, Uh huh, yeah, by all means, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, I think it was worse the way the mom was like for me at least. She always seemed like the I'm disapp- I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. Like, and I'm, oh, that's such a heart crusher. 
But I do think there is something here. And like what I do like the show is touching on is her, the culture, right? Like it is touching on the, the culture that this family belongs in. And I think this is a really um, interesting t- story and discussion on, on like, I think the mother is of two minds. It's like, there's the modern time period. And, you know, you know that the world is evolving and there is more to the world than just like your duty. And it, But I do think that, you know, the culture that they come from is more about the duty and the responsibilities and the your family comes first time and time again. And I do think that's a lot of where this is coming from. That's very beautifully said, man. Like, it's also like... Uh... Like, it's a culture, like, I don't think any of us can actually relate to in any sense. And just to see it out there put on Front Street, it's just, like, and it's great to see someone else going, like, no, I can relate to this. This is amazing. It's not some rich white guy doing things again. It's, you know, somewhere, like, this is my family right now. I'm watching how I grew up. It's beautiful in that sense. Yeah, I would love to see more of this in the media. I mean, I just watch everything everywhere. Another great film that kind of touches on some we need more films like this because it is like it is something we like i haven't experienced but i can relate to certain aspects and still seeing another uh, piece of life that i'm not mm-hmm. you know. i will and say yeah I, I will say i put out a tweet and an instagram story that um actively looking for people that feel that this is a story they can very much relate to because and I, and I got no responses on it and I'm, I'm dying to get like different types of perspectives here. So mm-hmm. if, if, if you're out there and you feel like, Oh wow, this just spoke to me so much, reach out to us and like, come tell us your story. Come tell us how you relate to tell us how you don't relate. Tell us how it's wrong, how it's right. We want, we want to hear all that stuff. And even if you don't want to talk, you know, you can just write into us um, on social media. We have our DMS open. So um, yeah, we, we want to hear all different types of perspectives and we want to get it right too. Cause again, like there's a lot of stuff coming up in the second episode that like, I'm like, again, like some of the stuff that we'll just, I'll talk about the Moss scene real quick. Like there was a lot of talks about like, how they didn't like how things worked, how the men's section was more pristine. And I'm like, what do I say about that? You know, it's like, I I agree. That sounds horrible, but it's like, why is it like that? You know, and and what can we do to change that kind of stuff? So yeah. Politics of like how it all works. Like, like I'm actually learning so much from this show. It's unbelievable. Like it, it, it's kind of eye opening in a lot of ways of just like how what goes on. It's like when you go like I'm not sure if you ever done this, but like when I was a kid, I had to sleep over at a friend's house, and if you slept over on Saturday night, you'd had to go church, go to church with them on Sunday. No ands if or buts about it, and it was just like an eye opening experience to something I didn't have. And to top it off, it was Italian church, so like so those are all spouting about Jesus and whatnot, and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, no. Um, and I grew up Catholic, so I mean, I'm I'm there somewhat. Um, I do want to talk about this post-credit scene. Um, this guy Pete Cleary. Um, I, I don't. Tommy, what's his deal? Who is this guy? I feel like you might know. Yeah, I do know. Uh, I I will say, didn't I had to read about it because like I heard people were like, check out the post-credit scene. It has to do with uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Kind of. He's the he's the he's the guy who and he's the guy from Department of Damage Control, which I do think is they're trying to use that as a new government entity. I hasn't that been there since the first Spider-Man though? Yeah, like and, and, that's what stops Vulture from like what is like his like noble business and creates a villain, right? That's what that was. Yeah, in the comics, it's created by both Tony Stark and actually Kingpin. And it's like this whole thing, and there's actually some shady stuff there because obviously Kingpin does his stuff. It's interesting. I don't know if I love it as being like the shield. They're like using it to replace shield, and I don't love that right now. 
because like they're more nefarious than Shield. Well, I mean, yeah. Like this guy seems like he's out to get any special powered person. Like, no, nope, they're all villains, all of them, and I'm gonna be the one to prove it all. Just you wait. So uh, like, and then he, the this new agent, I what was her name? She was a piece of work. <laughs> I didn't catch her name. Yeah, uh, especially in episode two, I thought there was a couple of things. I'm like, I don't love what you're throwing out there. Like, I would tell her to take a hike real quick, and then interview going like, you know what? We need coffee. You you go do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think we're supposed to recognize him from Spider-Man No Way Home. I I didn't, other than people telling me that. I will say the only other thing going into the credits, we saw our favorite moving company, Trust a Boat Bro Moving Company, was in the. Yeah. I just love the 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 TV continuity that they keep showing with like having this stuff going through. Honestly, yeah, I really like that too, and it and it always keeps in mind that like. At any point, any Avenger or something could be around the corner, right? Which is one of my biggest complaints about the MCU in general is that in all of the solo stuff, where's everybody else? Like, that was my big complaint in Thor Dark World. You're like, wait, the world's under siege right now and no one's helping? Like, where's Shield in all of this? But that was years ago and I've moved on since then. Okay, well, guys, let's dive in. We got a whole other episode here. Um so let's start to talk about this. Um, and we open with, uh, it's very juxtaposed to how we start the first episode where Kamala Khan, she is confident now. She is just like, she's roaming through the hall. She's dribbling balls. She's like pushing people to the side. Uh, yeah, I love this new Kamala here. Yeah, I love it because no one knows what she did. So it's all in her head. She's like, I'm having so much fun. She's like playing ball with the basketball guy. They don't know know that she's now has superpowers. Like it's it's such a good beat of like when I think about the show, even in two episodes, you know Kamala, you know her character, you know her personality. She's she's kooky, but she also has this like, confidence, but also not this. There, there's so much depth to this character. Mm-hmm. I think it's like her actually being comfortable in her own skin for the first time, which is like I'm not sure if you like ever see this outside, but as soon as you like show who you really are and you're proud of that person. Everyone kind of gravitates to you because it's confident. Confidence is a is a very attractive thing. It doesn't matter what kind of person you are, as long as you're confident about it. Jesus, it, it just draws people in. And I think she's like hitting that stride, and she's just like, you know what? I am the best right now. I'm walking through the school like I own the place, and it's a it was awesome to see. It yeah, gives I- vibes of a uh, the Amazing Spider Man when he he starts messing around with the basketball. Like I like that. Yeah. No, uh, this reminds me of, I was just on a podcast recently. I was talking about how, like, you ever heard those people that, like, uh, they get into a building just because they act like they're, like, a UPS person. Like, if you're just confident, you can do a lot of things in life. So, you know, that's what I got this energy from Kamala. Like, she probably could have robbed the bank. No one would have known as long as you act very confident. That was the day she could have ran for school president. No problem. Um, but also uh, on the other end of the spectrum here, though, we have uh, Zoe. She's like leeching off of uh, being rescued here by uh, Nightlight. <laughs> what I, an awful name. Is that a real thing from the comic books? I'm not too familiar with Miss Marvel. Like, Tommy, do you know about that? I think they're just names. The closest is like Hard Light when they use that name of like, uh, like that is you to describe the constructs in the danger room for the X-Men. Is like mm-hmm. hard lights, um, the hologram things. But I, I think that's the most. There's no like superhero uh, named hard light in the 
Okay. But yeah, so it's hard because it's like again, she hasn't done anything nefarious, but like just the fact that she gets boosted in her YouTube. Poor Kamala still has like probably like five views. Um, and it's all because of Kamala that like she's even getting any credit. Wow. Yeah. That's why that's what happens when you live life behind a mask, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next here we get a montage, a training montage of uh, <laughs> She's uh she's practicing her powers. That's kind of cute scene. I love these scenes whenever they show up in the Marvel movies of just like figuring out like the last one I like I really enjoyed like this was in Shazam where like you're just figuring out what he can do and it's just a trial and error of what happens with your powers. This was great for me and I liked that there was a little nod to the uh, uh, end game scene between Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye when he she. Goes to fall and she catches her, but she turns out to be like two feet from the ground anyway. Yeah, was, it was just a nice little scene. Yeah, I love this scene. I love also they I think she described trying to do Ant-Man's power. Like she thinks her powers might be like Ant-Man's, which is a nice nod to the comic books where like her powers are very similar to Ant-Man's in a lot of ways, with the getting big, getting small kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was fun. But I, yeah, I like this little and again, it's just like building on this relationship with her, her and Bruno, like. I do like that the first episode felt very much like the Bruno relationship. And then this one, it focused a little bit on Bruno, but it focused on her other friendship as well, which I thought was really yeah. And yeah. But you can also see that he's the kind of guy that, like, will be there for her 100%. She's, like, I like even if he wasn't there at uh, Avengers Con to see her use her powers, I think she's he's the guy that she's going to open up to to be like, you'll never guess what happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, Bruno, Bruno's a trustworthy source. She kind of takes him for granted a little later on, but... Well, well, how handy is he to have around, right? With all his doodads and his his apps, like, he's actually the one that's helping her figure out, the, like, the thing. It's, the like, the perfect guy-in-a-chair scenario for her to just be like, like, thank God he's this brilliant guy with technology. Yeah. Um, so next year, we do get the scene in the mosque. Again, um... I don't, I don't know if any of us can truly relate to this. Um, again, kind of powerful. You know, she's not afraid to speak up. She mm -hmm. does in the mosque. That's cool. Um, but more importantly, I want to talk about this party that they go to. Um, and this is just this is so wild. And the, this is, like, stripped out of every single, like, um, you know, uh, she's very innocent. She gets tricked into drinking alcohol. She sees the handsome. This guy, uh, Cameron, well, he does, like, a quadruple front flip off this, like, I don't, what is it? A cliff? Into the I think pool? it's the roof, no? Oh, was it the roof? Yeah, I think it was the roof. Okay. Yeah. But like... I mean, wild. I mean, this is acrobatic, like, synchronized diving Olympic bullshit he was doing. Also, casually. Like, just strolling up there. Like, I don't think he's drinking anything. It's just like, real quick, you know what I was going to win these people over and how I'm going to make new friends? I'm just going to do this Olympic dive real quick off the house and then just casually walk out of the pool like nothing happened. And no one says anything to him afterwards. There's definitely more to Cameron. That's all I'll say. There's, you know, we see at the end of the episode, there's definitely more to Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, she's she's kind of nervous to talk to him, but they drive home together, and she kind of, this so sh shocks me. She hit it off with him. They were bonding over Bollywood movies. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, did you hear one of the names they mentioned? Uh, was it? Baby? It was Kingo. I thought it was, again, like, I just love... MCU knows how to do it right. Like, use your continuity. We know these names, or people will at least tell us these names if we don't know them. 
do that stuff. It, it, it goes a long way having everything be connected. Well, yeah. And like, the, like of all the things to reference, right? Like Kingo is right there. Like it, I would be surprised if he wasn't mentioned at all, to be honest. Exactly. Um, and even, um, so we talked about how Kamala, and I, again, I feel like if nothing else, this probably more so than we ever got with what we got in Moon Knight. I feel like we really have connected with who Kamala is. And I feel like it's really, we've mentioned like, she's so much of a dreamer. She's so much in her head. She's so creative. Um, and I think this is the perfect example is after she's like hitting it off with camera and she goes home and she's like dancing through the house and it's got like a pink. That was a dirty dancing reference. I'm not sure if you guys caught that. Okay. that, was, yeah, that straight out of dirty dancing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but I love that scene. That scene made me so happy. And it was like, her living in her little bubble, and then the parents talk to her. She's out of it, and she's just like, I'm good, and then she's just right back in her world. It's amazing. Yeah, And, and I don't know if every show can do this, but I do like that, like, two episodes in, we really haven't got a villain. Like, maybe the damage control, if you want, but, like, we're focusing on the character. We're focusing on establishing the character without doing, like, a big origin thing. Like, I guess the whole thing is an origin, but it it feels different, and, and I really like what they're doing with it. I like that we're getting to know her fully, you know, every side of her. There's so much that I cringe at with her, but I get it. I was a high schooler once, too. <laughs> like, it, it fits. It works so well. I feel like you're just ignoring the true villain of this story, and that's the Moss Shoe Thief. Like, I feel like you're right, you're like, right. Is, he or she is up to nefarious deeds and has a weird foot fetish that must be addressed at some point or another. Yeah, I mean, that's going to come up clearly, you know. Like, we're definitely going to find out who that shoe scandal thief is. <laughs> the shoe, the infamous shoe sniffer. I feel like that's the person she, like, that's the first crime she actually does solve before we get to our real big bad. I, I feel like that's, like, an episode three solve where she's just, like, pins him up against the wall with her super hand and be like, stop stealing shoes. So, and I do want to talk about this because this might be my second complaint of the series. Um... I don't know, and, and we kind of get it towards the end here, but I don't know, like, you, we don't have a villain. Like, I, I don't know where we're going with a lot of this stuff. It's almost like, it reminds me most of, like, Napoleon Dynamite, which, like, notoriously has, like, no plot at all, really. Um, and, like, it, like, I just don't know what we're doing, and I don't know that, like, it's it does what it does well, but I don't know if it does it well enough to stand on its own without, like... A heavier plot to it. This is why I like that it's a series, right? You don't have to go and get be rushed into it. This is something like every show. Uh, I feel like everyone's like, like, if you go back to WandaVision, the first one to come out, everyone's just like, "What is going on here?" You got two episodes of really nothing clearly happening. You're just watching like a Dick Van Dyke show tribute to later on where. Marvel just ties it up in a nice big red bow for us at the end. Like, this is the beautiful thing about these series is that you don't need that villain right away. It's going to be part of this plot as we get there. And then whether or not we get to a big finale in, at the end of this series or not, like, that's the beautiful thing about the show is that it could end on a cliffhanger. And now we're going to get season two or it's going to lead into the Marvels. It's going to go somewhere different. So, like, as much as, like, yeah, I'd like to see a big bad. I don't think it's necessary at this point. Like, I'm not like upset that this is going. Like, I like seeing the the struggle of d discovering powers and also having to be in high school while you're doing it. Yeah, and maybe it's because like I I like high school drama type things, and we'll go into my recommendations later. But uh, I I don't know if we need a villain yet. I do think we're gonna get one, but I think right now there's enough conflict with her and her parents, with 
her in you know high school in general Zoe I think there's a little bit of her already being we're already seeing that something's going to come up with her feeling like she wants the spotlight you know she doesn't like being masked I can already get that vibe from her of like Zoe getting all the credit and her being like but I'm the one doing it like clearly there's going to be stuff there so I think there is drama it's just high school level and that's what I was saying earlier I think the problem is we're comparing it to the MCU where you have Eternals where there's just giant celestial coming out of the ocean <laughs> Where is this show uh, in retrospect to everything? Have we figured out where it is? It like seems, in the timeline? It seems very modern. Like, I know it it's is. very modern, but like, I feel like the hand coming out of the ocean would be like noteworthy things to talk about in high school. Agreed. So, like, I do think Eternals. I think it's right now, though. Like, I think it is current. I could be wrong on that. I, there has been nothing to show me either way other yeah, than yeah, them not that's talking. One thing about, about like, that's kind of my complaint about the shows is like without googling it yourself there's no way to properly indicate where we are in the storytelling so i think my bigger thing is not so much like because i feel like a lot of these events i mean i try to think of like stuff that happens in our world and almost not to a great extent i can talk about uh the war in uh ukraine like that's the kind of thing people talked about for like two weeks constantly and nobody talks about it anymore you know, like it's almost like a forgotten thing, but it's still going on. Yeah. Um, so I feel like some of these events are one thing. I think the thing that bothers me even more and the thing that, that is really stumping me is the blip, um, because this is something that it doesn't seem to have affected anyone's lives. Um, I feel like s someone here, like like I feel like Kamala, the, the odds are Kamala has some a friend that's much older than her now because she was oh, blipped, or vice versa. You know, it's. Uh, I feel like this is something that should always be talked about, and it's not talked about enough. I actually have a theory on this, because okay. have you seen the age difference between her and her brother? Yeah. I think Kamala may have been blipped. I, and I think so, too. Um, that's kind of what I was getting at. But again, it's like, I don't know. Like, if I was in high school and I got blipped away and, like, my best friend was five or six years old or whatever it was, mm -hmm. yeah. I would I, I would think that I'm still their best friend. And I don't know. It's like her best friends are still her age. I don't yeah. know. It's that'd be an interesting thing. Though. And they all got blipped together. Like Spider-Man and Ned got both blipped together. Yeah. And MJ. Like, yes. Conveniently. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's convenient. But also, like, there's a lot of the stuff of the blip that we're not addressing. Like, the people that were on airplanes when it happened. Yeah. I would have liked to see that. Of one friend, like, be, you know, five years ahead. Like, Ned. I would have been fine if Ned was five years ahead. And that's, like... Just to show the impact of the book, yeah. you know. Well, I, they did that in Spider-Man with, like, the, the young boy that was into chess, and then all of a sudden he uh, skyrockets into being, like, an Asian Adonis. Like, Yeah, we just didn't know him enough. I guess I would have yeah. liked to see a character we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it would be nice to see a character we actually care about, but, yes, I see your point. Yeah, but uh, back to Miss Marvel. I, where we were at the... the, the um, uh, so well, next year, I mean, there's a couple things that happen. You know, she was dancing in love. She's texting him. She has like an animated dream again, just like cool animation styles that we're getting here. Um, I think the next big thing is when she's at school and her <laughs> her powers kind of freak out again. Her nose like becomes she has like a light power nose or whatever. And <laughs> she like runs in the bathroom. She's hiding. Her friend comes in, offers her a tampon. You know, all that good stuff. So. Um, it was so very high school drama. I enjoyed that so much. It was the 
like I think it reminded me of another Spider-Man when you go Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse where Miles Morales starts to see his spider powers take off. And it's just like that weird, like it's high school's weird enough already. Now you gotta add powers into it. It's it, it it's a nice little nod. Yeah, yeah I agreed. Yeah, I mean it was it, it's it's fun to see, like again, like she doesn't get it right away. Like, and I think that goes into like the ending and where like we didn't need a big bad because she was almost her own big bad of like you you bit off more than you could chew. And you know, we'll get into that at the end, but um, I like this too of like, and I, I mentioned at the beginning, but we can talk more about it here of like, I really like her friend Nakia. I thought that like they really did her dirty in the first episode, but I love how much uh, forefront she was in this episode. I think it was, it was nice to see obviously the big culture part of, of this character, but also just like having that friend that you can relate to and, and knows you better. Like Bruno knows Kamala, but not in the same way. There's a different relationship that they have. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like she'll know her on a level that Bruno can't ever have. Like there's a, like it's the same thing. Like we will have a male bonding. There's something to be said about female bonding, and we're seeing it here. And the, the fact that uh, she doesn't come clean and tell her about the power thing right away, I was a little bit, I uh, was a little bit bummed about that. I was, I was ready to see that. Like you'll, ne- like I'm that person from the video. That's me. Like I don't know what's happening, but something's happening. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's going to come up too, where she's going to find out and be very upset. But I was, that was a very intriguing thing. Like, why wouldn't you just tell your other friend? Like, why just tell Bruno? Well, Bruno was there for one. So well, like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he knows what's going on. And I think, like, like with everyone, like, you don't, like, we all have that awkward feeling, right, where you can't feel like you can't share it and because no one will be able to relate to you in one way or another. So like, there's a feeling of, sh- I guess, shame, I guess it would be, but, and also like everyone has their own lives going on. You don't want to sh- be the one that dampers everyone's day with like superpowers. I don't know. I mean, yeah. damping my day. These are just theories. These are just theories. That I have. <laughs> I've never had superpowers. I don't know what I would do if I ever had. Not them. yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, one spider bites me once. Just you guys wait. Exactly. Well, call us first, please. We want an interview. <laughs> we'll be your Scott Lang podcast. Um, but yeah, so I'm next year, uh, yeah, we get some Bruno stuff. Bruno is, he's talking to Mr. Wilson. He get, he got into school he wanted to, but uh, I think he's getting some cold feet. He doesn't really want to. He doesn't want to leave Kamala. This scene was so fun t- for me because of how awkward Mr. Wilson is. <laughs> I like I enjoyed all of it. Like he's trying to tell this kid that your dreams are coming true and he's doing it like the worst way possible. And yeah. and then like he's going through like this like we all have this midlife crisis of like, well, do I take this amazing step forward and leave behind everything I know? Like it, it like this all of this is so coming of age. Like it's so perfect. I I like I feel like I'm too old to be watching, but I'm enjoying every second of it. I can revert back to who I was then. It's like when I watch Superbad and watch it in shame because I've done all the dumb shit they do, they do in that movie. Yeah, it, we even get this sad scene where like he immediately after this, he runs to Kamala and he, he he's like wanting to train and hang out. And uh, she's got plans with Cameron. So, yeah, I mean, clearly he's he's doing it for her, which is just, so you know, clearly he's going to go or at least try to go and something will happen. But it's like you feel for him because it's like this is what you should do but i also understand like you're a high schooler who has a crush on a girl you're gonna stay in the place with the girl i i get it <laughs> like, yeah i kind of hope he goes but at the same time like 
like him being in her corner while she's going through this also has to be a factor too because he's so helpful like unbelievably helpful yeah yeah um no he's it's it's so charming um but yeah so kamala does have other plans here and she's gonna go meet cameron in this diner and um her brother comes in this is kind of fun right um also just really dumb to call him her cousin to her brother (laughs) yeah what are you thinking just right off the bat Oh, our cousin? Because you and I are still related too, by the way. I'm not sure if you remember that, but I see you at home all the time. Uh, it's just like, sure, quick thinking, but like bad quick thinking. It, it's good in the moment. In retrospect, it's going to have such ripples later on. Like that is not the right lie for the situation. Yeah. Well, let me throw this at you guys. Sorry? Are they not cousins? What? I mean, listen, so she, and I will jump ahead of here a little bit, but she's getting these visions of a woman. And I, at least for me, I, I assumed that that was her grandmother. Yeah, I thought that was on, her grandmother too. And, and then we see her at the end. And I think the assumption there is that she's Cameron's mom or grandma. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to connect the family tree. I think they're related. Is what I'm wants at. to say things so bad right now. I can see it on his face. <laughs> he, he wants to like, which I'm not to spoil comics too much. But yeah, uh, is that am I on the right track here, Tommy? I think I, I think they're related. You know, and I don't. I will be honest. From the comics, I'm not sure on this. I didn't get that vibe. I got it more as like, there's more. She, you. I think we were led to believe it was her great grandmother, and actually, it's this other lady that has something else to do with the powers and. You know, I think it may lead into the the new humans, which is like the inhuman. It's this whole thing. I think that's where they're leading with that. Maybe they're related. You know, we don't know. I guess at this point, um, I didn't get that vibe. Though. Like, I hope not. I guess I hope not. <laughs> the Big Star Wars vibes, too, right? Is like I've been waiting to meet you for a very long time. She's only had the bangle on for two days or a week at this point, maybe. So, like, how long is a long time? Really, like, does she already know that Kamala was going to find this bangle and all this stuff? Is she the great grandmother that, like, somehow through the magic of this bangle would teleport her to the future? And that's why she left her family in shame. Like, uh, there's so many levels to all of this that you you can't help but speculate, especially, like, I'm unfamiliar with Miss Marvel. It's not a comic I got into, but now I'm kicking myself because this looks like it's a really fun read. Um I think it's more muted. I compare it more to like the muted kind of thing of like, I don't know if they're related, but I think they feel it's like this community of people, you know, where she goes, I've been waiting for you a long time. I don't think the bingo, and I think to your guys' point earlier, I think the bingo just harnesses it, but it's always been inside her. And I think it's more of she has this genetic ability that people like knew their family had, you know, that's, I guess, where I, I took from it potentially. The bangle just emphasizes what was yeah. already there. Yeah. So well, that's um, like that's like that's very interesting to me because like if it was there, like how long would it have taken without the bangle? Like I have like questions like that that I could go deep diving on um for so long. And then like what is it about Kamala that is special? Like, is she like the chosen one for these people or whatever? Is it for the like the super powered uh groups of people? Like we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
So um, they're at dinner here. Uh, their dad tells a story. I don't have any notes on the story. I don't know if it means a whole lot to the actual plot. But um, this is, again, we get the visions of this woman. She passes out. Yes, Tommy? Well, I think the story was just the story of the great-grandmother. It was from right. what he's been told of the right. great-grandmother. You know, obviously, And the mother gets kind of weird about it because obviously you know, there's more to it than we know. But I think it was one of those. I think it's just to get our, our ears percolating on what we've already been discussing, which is like clearly there's powers in this family. Tommy, um, you ready to go off topic? Yeah. Of course. Uh, is that Groot behind you? Yeah. You, you didn't know I had this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, me too, guys. Wait, y'all. Okay, hold on. This, this is why you gotta watch the Twitch stream, everybody. Twitch.tv slash the Mike Groot. There, there's Tom. Tom Sides has a Groot, and Tommy has a Groot. Tommy, what is that? It looks like a popcorn bucket. Yes, this was okay. from Guardians Volume Two. <laughs> it was a popcorn bucket. It is great for also drinks. Uh, if you want okay. a <laughs> put a, a giant like, drink, a massive drink in there. Yes, it will work. Uh, I think Tom's is about to dance. That looks yeah. like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to the, I to will the... say I'm very tempted to get the uh, Thor Love and Thunder popcorn giant uh, Mir Mir. Yeah, yeah, that looks really cool. Um, sorry, I had to. I just I caught no, that glimpse good. of Groot behind you. I was like, that's Groot. So, so fun I... fact, it's been there almost the entire time we've been ever since we've been <laughs> podcasting. I just this... thought it's so funny that we have similar names and we both have Groots in our background. Yeah. I don't have yeah. a single. I've got a lot of like, stuff. Yeah, man, me too. Like, I actually have all these groups. I have no. Michael, groups. you need a group. That's your new mission. You got to get a group. Well, I think he needs a rocket because, like, Tom's aiming the groups, and then our man Michael's gonna have uh, rockets. And any Michael yeah. that comes on the podcast afterwards better have some rockets going on. So it really shows what you look at during the podcast because yeah, this has been here almost since I moved my background. This has been in. <laughs> Excuse me for focusing on you, Tommy. <laughs> Okay, let's get back into this episode here. Um, I guess next up, what is this? This festival they the go festival. to? The festival. Yeah, they're all excited. And like, I think we, you know, we kind of talked about, but uh, Nikia is running for the council, which again, I like that they're focusing a little bit of the social, you know, I can't relate to specifically their religion, but I can relate to trying to make social change. And I, I think it's really good that they're trying to get involved in the, the politics of the church. How she talks to Kamala's father, just, she nails it. Just the... What you don't want to have progress for for women in this uh, with what's going on? You would cut down someone like your daughter or me, someone who's like a daughter to you, because I have been best friends with Kamala since we were infants. Brutal. I felt for the dad here. Like it's like, oh, my like, best friend, but like you're pulling the daughter card on me. You're pulling. Uh, <laughs> and daughter always trumps best friend. Yeah. Was, uh, um, well executed. So I guess next here is where we get the uh, this kid who almost uh, commits suicide by selfie. Um, he's trying to take a picture out the clock tower. Why is this kid up here? Honestly, the kid deserved to fall. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I was there with you. I was like, come on, why are you wasting your time? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, you got to get a good photo, you know what I mean? It's for the gram. Yeah. If, we're, if we're learning anything about this show, it's all for the likes. That's true. That's true. We get so many shots of like the Instagram and the Twitters. So yeah. yeah, I will say like I did like. I think this is one of my favorite scenes because I think it shows one of Kamala's weaknesses, which is she treats us like a like her dream. She treats us like a fun hobby, and it's like no, this is life or death. You don't un- like 
there's a uh, an anime I watch uh, called My Hero Academia, and they deal kind of with this of like sometimes maybe your powers will kill someone. Like, and I like that. Like, obviously, it's Disney; they're never going to show that. But we got a version of that here where it's like you didn't understand your powers fully. You walked into a situation you maybe shouldn't have been involved with, and you almost hurt someone. Very, you know, they you could say they she saved him and, and all that stuff, but still, you know. Well, it humanizes the superpower, right? So it goes with every like big challenge you take in life. You might have these moments of where you may have bitten off more than you can chew. So here she is living her dream of like, I have powers now. I am I am on equal level of Captain Marvel. Like I could do this hero thing. And now getting thrown into the thick of it, just trying to save a life. It's is 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 she can she rise to the occasion? Can she do it? I think like I think she handled it as best as like what we we what we did see is with struggle with with like but then to I think she took a victory lap too soon. That was yeah. That's yeah. she took the victory lap and it's like get get him on to the the roof before you start yeah. celebrating here. Yeah, and but that's see that's what I like about this coming of age tale. It's coming of age on all of the parts. I love seeing the superhero struggle to be the hero that they're meant to be. I love this part of any storytelling because it because it humanizes heroes in a more than uh, a basic way, and it's that can I actually do this? And I think she's having this moment of I didn't expect all of this struggle to come with the powers. Yeah, I mean, she never got the uh, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Like she yeah. doesn't know. To her, this is a fun thing, and I do think this is her wake up call. Like, I think this is the moment of. I need to take this more seriously. Yeah, she has no guidance. That's a good way to put it. I mean, she she has no, like her parents are not supportive of what she's doing for reasons that I'm sure we'll figure out. But um, yeah, she's just completely on her own here. And I think she realizes she's in over her head. Um, but yeah. Do you think that we're going to end this show with the Captain Marvel appearance as a uh, mentor kind of thing leading into the Marvels? Is that... Is that where we're kind of leading to an ending? I think that's the post-credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm very excited. If if Cap if Brie Larson does what I think she'll do with Captain Marvel, I think they are gonna bounce so well off each other. Cause you got the more like th- like more straightforward Captain Marvel with this like very uh head in the sky Miss Marvel. I think it's I that movie I'm more excited for watching this TV show. Well, especially with uh what Veronica Rambeau's character who's more of like a badass fighter like like and then also like I'm not sure if you've forgotten but like the WandaVision, the bad blood that goes on with be, between her and Captain Marvel. Like she had like there is something going on there that we still haven't put our finger on just yet. So there is a lot to unpack on all of this. So like she's going to be trying to uh, rekindle the friendship with, with her best friend's daughter, and then also kind of keep an eye on this rogue child that now has power. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't wait for that. Um, I do want to talk about. Um, well, we also we get the drone here, which um, yeah, that, yeah, that was interesting. But yeah, I, I, why are they still in technology? You took that technology away from Peter Parker. You don't get to use this drone they get to now. Keep all the Stark technology after he was taken. Like, is that what happened? See, I thought this was the Mysterio tech. Yeah, the drone. The drone from so the Mysterio tech kind of goes yeah, true. Okay. hand in hand with Stark tech. Does it yeah, not? True. Yeah, no, it's it right. was Stark tech. Stark tech that uh, they're just passing it down. Yeah, hand me down tech. 
I think it goes to, you know, with damage control we saw with uh, Balcher too. Like, they just keep the stuff there. Like, of course they're going to use it if they can. Like, mm. Why uh, not? Right? There's, there's always that, like, scientist that goes, like, I need to do experiments, which is always, like, ending poorly for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this is where we get the cliffhanger. And, again, I was like, I don't know what to – I really don't understand. Like, it was almost like I felt like I should have understood what was going on more than I did, but I still – like, because I, I already threw my theory out there is that, like, this implies that um, this is her. I, 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 her I, don't, I don't even want really to call her grandmother because it doesn't even. She looks the same age as her mother. But, like, again, she went missing at a young age. Yeah. So, True. so, so she was stuck in the negative realm. And now here she is. That, that's I don't think it's the grandmother. Like, for me, I don't think it's the grandmother. And also, it could just be like another like-minded power, like someone that has the power. And I, I I'm still sticking to this uh, Jin theory right now. Like the, like, um, the, like because if like we're living in a world where Asgardians and Anubis gods are real, why not the Jin? Right. All these mythological yeah. creatures are coming to life right now. I hear you about the Jin. I if they don't go inhuman slash no humans route then i think that's where they could go i think they're gonna go the the no humans and you humans uh route which is like where kamala is based on like that's mm-hmm. like that's that's directly into the comics of it um i do think cameron is an interesting character i this worked for me because like the whole like how quickly he was into kamala like you know kamala's a great Kamala's a catch. All right, I don't want to downplay. She's a nerd, though, Tommy. You can say it. She's a nerd. But like, it was was more how quickly Cameron was like, "Hang out with me, please. Hang out with me." It was more on him. He was just so aggressive in his behavior that it made sense. As oh yeah, Cameron came off so thirsty, so thirsty. And to me, this all like made it okay because I'm like, oh, because he he was told to look out for Kamala. Fair. That, That that is a good point. Um. I also, well, if that's the case, don't you feel like that reveal is kind of coming too soon? How many episodes is Miss Marvel supposed to be again? Six? I think it's six. Every yeah, they just love this, which I don't think is good. Let me, I'm going to say this here on this podcast: <laughs> Disney, stop doing six episodes. It's not enough, or you spend way too much time on the stupid things. <laughs> What's your sweet spot? Um, I think nine is yeah, actually a good. Because then we get Bad Batch is like 18. Or well, it, it depends on the time, too. If it's 30-minute episodes, it's different than an yeah. like 45. Because we're in that like weird realm of like, it's not like a 30-minute episode show. It's also not an hour. Like, we're what? Pushing like 45 minutes an episode, really? Yeah. And so yeah. I get that you can get a lot of storytelling done in 45 minutes. But also, like I just, I, I, I'm firm on this. I do feel that reveal of, Cameron being not exactly who he said he is is coming too soon. Like that, that's got to hurt a lot more. I feel. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't have a massive opinion on it. It's. Um, uh, yeah. We'll. We'll see. I, I feel like there's just so much more to uncover about where this is going and what it could mean. So, um, I'm all for the ride. We'll see what happens. And that's what I like about this. There's still a lot of mystery left. Like, in a way, it kind of feels like WandaVision with the mystery. But in WandaVision, was more like, hey, we have a mystery. Come look at our mystery. And, and Miss Marvel is more like, hey, we have a mystery. But, like, come if you want. Like, we're just going to do our thing. And I like that. I actually really like the show. I, what I'm liking what they're doing is, like, I, I feel like Miss Marvel may be one of those characters that, 
like for one, I slept on the comic book. I didn't read it at all. And for me, I'm watching this going, and I'm learning for the first time about this great character. And I like it's great to like I feel like the MCU is kind of designed for the people that aren't into the comic book to be like, this is awesome, and maybe to want you to go into the books now. Like this is something that like I'm gonna do. Yeah, and I think for me it's too, I'm excited, like I want to see Kamala hang out with Peter Parker. Can you imagine the two of them bantering with like I'm excited for this character to be in the universe because I think the actress is doing an amazing job with it. I think they get the character fully. Like, it, it feels like how I read the character. And so, like, for me, I'm very pumped for this show. Like, I, I don't know if I've said it enough. I really like these first two episodes. Do I, am I waiting for the next? Yes. Because I was also excited for Moon Knight after the first episode. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I want to see how they get the landing on this. But so far, I think they're, they're addressing the things they need to address. They're focusing on the things they need to focus on. And they're not going too big. And that's, like, the other thing, too. Like you said, like, Spider-Man hanging out with Miss Marvel. Like, like I've seen, like, comic book clips of that kind of interaction. Like, there's also Miss Marvel telling about all of her fan fiction to Wolverine in other comic books. Like, this is things, like, I kind of want to see this. I want to see these relationships. Like, I, we haven't seen a relationship between Spider-Man and Thor. I want that to happen so badly. I want to see, like, a buddy cop movie with Spider-Man and Deadpool. I want to see something like that happen in the, the, the future. Like, uh, like I, I would like to see more, like, crossovers throughout things. Like, my big complaint is that, like, they're, like I get that these are solo-focused things, but I feel like certain people would be crossing paths in a, in a comic book that wouldn't happen... Like they, they they don't do on TV or movies. Yeah, that that is fair. Um, hey guys, do y'all have Tommy? I know you said you had recommendations. I do. Um, okay, well hit, a, hit us with them. Well, listen here. Uh, speaking of high school, you know we've been talking two episodes of high school. Um, you know the last recommendation on D D that I gave Michael did not like, but listen to this. <laughs> that same uh, GM uh, Brennan. He does another – He it's college humor technically is the people that produce it, but it's called Dimension 20, and their first uh, campaign was called Fantasy High. And it's taking D&D but putting it in like a John Hughes-like high school setting. And it's so good. I started it last week. I'm already on episode 12. It's only an hour and a half episodes, way shorter than any of the other D&D I listen to. And, man, they really build these worlds. I love all the characters. If you're looking for D&D – set in like a more modern set in a more conventional setting i think fantasy high would be your jam awesome fantasy that actually high. super cool man you kind of just sold me on that it's a lot of fun it's it, the the cast is really great and like they're all college humor writers and and cast of that kind of stuff so they it's a lot more goofy it's a lot less rule critical role is more rule oriented dimension 20 fantasy high is way more like Let's just do fun stuff. <laughs> Let's make a show. I, I got two recommendations for the podcast, if you don't bring mind. Bring it on, bring it on. Um, so uh, first off, the serious one I want to recommend is this uh, podcast I came across called uh, Batman Unburied. It's a uh, – uh, uh, was it Steven S. Goyer, I think? The guy that did uh, the first Suicide Squad. It's his kind of story where uh, Winston Duke is Batman. It, you get uh, – uh, John Reese Davies as Doctor Strange, all these like great voice actors are coming in. Uh, Jason Isaacs 
is uh, Alfred, and it's this great 10-part series, a great Batman story. And it starts off, it takes you on a left turn right away where you don't know what's going on, and it's just this a fantastic 10-part series. Um, my next recommendation, I feel it, it's very on par with what we were talking about with Miss Marvel, and is super patriotic as a Canadian. Um, if you, if none of you have done it, Degrassi Junior High, I feel like needs to be fucking talked about right now because this is so on par with Miss Marvel. Um, if you love Canadian teen drama, this is where it's at, where you got all the uh, teenage uh, teenage pregnancies, but with full health care. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I will say I have watched some of Degrassi. It is like if that's what you're looking for, high school drama. It's a great show. My wife loves Degrassi. I'm I'm sure she's seen it. I don't know, but when are me and Sydney starting the Degrassi podcast? No, that's <laughs> on you guys. I, I wouldn't have one. I'll, I'll message her. We'll get, we'll get this started. I have a recommendation. It's a move. It's pro. It's my second favorite movie I've seen this year. I saw it this weekend. It came out this weekend. Lightyear, guys. It's so good. It is nice. so good. I was uh, so disappointed to see that the rating, like rock, like people weren't going to see it, but like I. It, I'm glad I to hear it. Well, this, this is why I want to talk about it because people need to go see it. Like, and it's so good. Like when this was announced, I was like kind of all for it because, like, like think about every great toy that you had growing up as a kid. Like, it always had this amazing backstory somewhere, and to find out that like this is like the story of the guy. I don't know if it's like a real guy that like lived and did this thing, and that's what it was, or it was like this great movie that Andy saw as a kid. Like, I'm not sure what the perspective is, but either way, I'm so down to see this movie. Like Disney gets my money all the time. So, yeah, no. So, and I'll say this, um, it was, um, it is just so, so if you pictured like the first 15 minutes of up, or maybe it was like 10, um, just an emotional wreck. This movie has a very similar intro that absolutely crushed me. Um, one of the greatest montages I've seen in a movie in a very long time. Um, just super emotional. I was crying in the theater and like, it doesn't stop from there. Like it goes crazy. And here's the cool thing about it. It's like, there's a lot of things you can piece together through Toy Story where you're like, okay, I kind of understand understand Buzz's story, but they change it up on you. Like you think you know what's going to happen and you truly don't. So, and it's also the other thing uh, um, that, that I've been telling a lot of people, it's like the perfect balance of science fiction, science and fiction where it has realistic science, but it's also fictional enough for it to also be uh, enjoyable, which I think it's like, that is the perfect uh, combination of sci-fi. Um, as opposed to like something like Star Wars, it's basically just fiction. There's not a whole lot of science to it. I think yeah. we talk about all the time how like stuff just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and we accept it for what it is. But I would say Lightyear is true, true science fiction. And uh, I just love it for that so much. It's it's such a good movie. So everyone's got to go watch it. Um, but uh, Tom, I want to throw it to you. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, you're definitely somebody we wanted to have back. I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can find you and what you're up to on the internet. Um, yeah, so we got the podcast Two Sides of Story Pod. It's uh, me and my cousin just sharing our embarrassing stories, uh, finding out that uh, we talk pub culture, NHL hockey, whatever's kind of in the zeitgeist at the moment, and then us trying to embarrass each other by being family. Um, you can see us on like you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and then uh, you can follow us on the Instagram at Two Sides of the Story Pod. Uh, clips and reasons why we're talking about stuff on the show will always be posted up on there. 
uh, anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tom. Um, my absolute pleasure. I'm a yes. big fan of your show. I tune in uh, all the time. And uh, uh, honestly, I, it's always a pleasure coming back on. Uh, I'll see you like the next big star uh, Marvel show. I'll, hopefully I'll get a Star Wars one in at one point. Yes, we'll get you. Uh, we'll get you in there. Andor's coming up, so um, yeah, maybe something better than what we're covering right now. <laughs> oh, come on, episode five was good. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, okay, well, I will start to close this out here. Uh, I'd like to remind you guys to rate and review us on the iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Um, also, please subscribe because we're going to be every single week still covering Kenobi and Miss Marvel. We'll double team it. It's all good. We'll figure it out. Um, also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Star Wars Pod. And you can check our show notes for our merch. And uh, ask us for a Discord link because we got a little community going on. We'd love to have you join it. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye, 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 bye,